thanks to everybody for coming out. Uh, appreciate you coming out for the Music Fest. Uh, it's an awesome event. Uh, lots of great shows, music, and discussions going on all week and into the weekend. So I hope everybody's had a chance to see some cool stuff already and will continue to see cool stuff. Thank you for coming to our panel tonight. This one is called Show Me Your ID, uh, a discussion of the all-ages scene. Yeah, I, I think this will be really cool. All-ages stuff is kind of near and dear to my heart. 20 years ago when I started playing music, all-ages venues and crowds and, and all of that whole thing were really important to my development as a musician, so I'm, I'm glad to be here in that regard. And by the way, my name is Jesse Charles. Uh, I'm here kind of on behalf of Musical Family Tree, where I'm a board member. We're a nonprofit organization that is uh, committed to nurturing local artists, helping to preserve our uh, original music legacy, and trying to build a uh, a community for both music makers and music lovers. So if you're interested in Musical Family Tree, check us out at musicalfamilytree.com or on social media at musicalfam. There's a lot of cool stuff to check out. Okay, cool. So that stuff's all out of the way. I'm gonna let our panel introduce themselves. So maybe we start at this end, work our way down, uh, tell everyone your name and what you do with music. Hi, my name is Maria Diebold and I'm a singer-songwriter from Fishers, Indiana. And it's what I wanna do with my career, so. Hello, my name is Drake and Asher. I am uh, 13 years of age. I uh, play guitar. That is also what I plan to do with my career. And uh, yeah. Hello, I'm Kayla Beffers. I am a pianist, classical pianist by training, but also a singer-songwriter. It was exactly what I wanted to do until about a year ago, but I still love doing it. So here I am. I'm Megan Reed. I'm from Westfield. I like to call myself a traveling rhythm section. I play bass, guitar, and piano. Um, mostly for jazz groups, but I do love rock. Cool, cool. Nice to meet you all. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Applause, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome to get, get all these talented people here together today to talk about this issue. So I, I, I was kind of thinking about this, and when I, I signed up to do this panel, I think the first thing I thought when I heard all ages as a, as a term is I think about all ages venues, but I feel like that's kind of only a piece of it. And I think it would be cool to, to hear from you all kind of just holistically, what's it like to be a musical artist under the age of 21 in Indiana? So maybe we start with, what are your goals with music? And some of you kind of started into that, but, but feel free to expand on that and maybe we just go down the line again. So my goals with music, I really wanna make this my career. I wanna be a recording artist, a songwriter, I love, being on a stage. It's so much fun and I love connecting with people and with all ages in an audience. So I feel like it's really important that this issue is brought up because I think that connecting with people through music, no matter what age you are, just makes the world go around. It makes it really important. So that's what I want to do with my career with music. Uh, playing music is a very fun thing to do. I, uh, what I do with music is uh, I go around and I, uh, I do it for my own personal benefit. I don't try to make anyone feel anything they don't want to, but yeah, music is a really fun thing to do. It brings me joy to see people happy and, you know, grooving with the music. So yeah, that's, that's what I plan to do with my music. Better my own life and other people's too. My plans with music originally were to actually be like a classical composer, because that was my shtick. <clears throat> and then <laughs> that changed, and music's kind of taken a different role in my life, but I think it's kind of similar to yours. I, I don't know if music is what I want to do with my career anymore, but it's definitely something 
that I see the power of and something that I think I mostly want to use as a tool to empower other people, especially women. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, when I first started playing music, it was because my mom told me to. So um, coming from like this idea that I have to play piano because my parents want me to play piano, and then evolving into something where I realized that music makes me feel something that nothing else does. I do a lot of other visual arts, but there's something about music that just gives you this like sense of belonging. And although I'm not sure I want to do music as, uh, as a career, if I can keep doing it as long as possible and give other people that feeling, I think I've uh, reached my goal. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. I didn't expect to get such diverse answers. Like, there's a lot to this. That's, that's really cool. Thank you. So, so maybe piggybacking off of that, you know, there's this perception all ages means all ages venues, but there's more to it than that. I know for me, when I was starting out, performing was the big thing. And then you might sell some CDs or you might sell some t-shirts or whatever. And then you might write some stuff, but that was like you only did an album once every couple years or something, right? So I'm curious how you all feel live performance fits into your like world of music and what the other things that are in that are. Um, anyone have thoughts on that? Well. For me, live performance is almost everything. I'm not a songwriter by any means. I enjoy soloing, but I like taking other people's work and then kind of re-envisioning it. So the band I was in a few years ago, we had kind of a principal songwriter and I was just the guitarist. But I enjoy the performance and trying to take the music somewhere. Because if you're collaborating with other people in a band, you're doing it because they can do something you can't. And so I, I like being that, well, they can't do this, but I can sort of feeling. So for me, performance is absolutely everything because that's where music goes to new places. That's where you have fun. That's where you get to see other people directly react because you can always hear about it later. But it's something different when you're looking at their faces and you're seeing them smile or you're seeing them bob their heads. I think that's a really, really special moment. Live performance for me, ever since I was super young, I performed at like you know, like restaurants and stuff, um, whether that was bars or all ages, but it was always covers and stuff. You know, I, I do enjoy it a lot. I love live performance, and I just recently have been able to, like, actually do my own music now, which is, like, a huge step in my opinion because it's something that I've always wanted to do is do my own songs. So I, I agree that live performance is, like, a, a huge deal for an artist, whether you're doing your own songs or covers, um, just because it's a way to connect with your audience and see those people that genuinely enjoy you and want to continue to see you. And it's kind of reassuring you of like why you're actually doing it. Because at least for me, like with connecting with people, that's a way to like actually see the people that, you know, my music is impacting in a way, whether that's covers or my own songs. So I'd have to agree with uh, both of you guys. Music, uh, live performances are definitely most of what I do. I, I'm also not a songwriter. So uh, when people are hearing my music, it's always going to be out in like a cafe or someplace. So live performances are pretty much all I do. And uh, it is very nice to connect with people face to face. And, you know, from experience, well, from not having any, I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're doing fine. Sorry, I froze up a little bit, but definitely it is very nice to connect with people face to face. I'm not very good at that, if you can tell. Um, so yeah, with music, that is a good thing to do live. 
Yeah, and I, you know, to your point, I think a lot of musicians struggle when we have to like talk, you know, and have like a conversation. I think you're doing an awesome job. Yeah, what, what else? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were kind of asking about the different elements that go into our musical experience or yeah, all ages what, musical what experience. What is music to you in terms of activities you do? Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely agree with all of you guys. Live music is huge. It's so much fun. I usually do it kind of by myself just because I've re-entered the indie music scene as of late. Haven't really found anybody, so if you guys are interested, hit me up. Um, but I would also say as far as how it just fits into my life in musical activities-wise, I just love to practice. <laughs> I think I find it to be music not to be only a thing that is shared live, but also just something that I can do. It has a lot of powers therapeutically and empowerment wise. I think I already kind of touched on that. And I think even more than using uh, music as a tool for just like our own enjoyment in like a live scene, I also like to use it as a tool to just further the powers of human connection, you know? So yeah. You brought up that you like to do music by yourself sometimes. And I think that's an interesting angle. I've, I've often thought about the fact that I encounter a lot of like bedroom producers now who work solely on their computer by themselves. They may not ever even play live, you know, or maybe even share their music with other people. Do you folks think as, as younger people that that's becoming the norm or does, does that jive with your experience? I, I know some of you have bands or you, Megan, you've got a duo. Um, Maria, you told me that you've played with bands. H how does that all sit with, with you? The whole like, I'm, I'm just a solo musician versus I work with a band. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that if you feel the most comfortable creating in your own space and sharing that with the world, because at the end of the day, you're still connecting with people because, you know, a lot of the times those bedroom artists will, or like producers will share their content or like, um, I know I've bought beats online from people that just sit in their bedroom and make them. So it, it's still creating and connecting with people, whether you want to be out in public doing that or not. But as for like being the norm, I'm not, I, I don't really know about that question. I feel like it's becoming more common. I think the push is still putting yourself out there and, you know, trying to like make it in the industry and all that kind of thing, you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, I do think that it's becoming more popular and more producers and artists are doing that. Uh, yeah, definitely. I know when uh, you were talking about people that make music and not necessarily share it with anybody, music is all about what you get out of it. And, you know, uh, you can get your kicks with music by playing to people, you know, releasing albums, but also just sitting in your room with a guitar and singing to have fun. It's all about what you get out of it. Um, I would say I actually lived in L.A. for a year, and I was kind of plugged into the classical community, but as well as, like, jazz and pop. And I noticed a lot of the people my age and who are also undergrads and graduate students, a lot of them were bedroom producers, composers, and even I myself, like, all of the work that I would do, I would have like my keyboard, my guitar, all the stuff in my room. I'd all plug it into Logic and then like I'd create the demo all by myself and like I'd create the piece all by myself. And then like you could decide to share it with people. You know, some people didn't. They'd just be like, oh, I'm working on this thing. And, you know, but I was actually surprised by how much collaboration wasn't a part of the language for my generation. You know? Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I think anytime you work with someone else, it's a risk. I mean, you, 
I'm, I'm in a duo with my sister, so I know her very well, but there's still a risk. Is she going to forget the words? Is she going to somehow mess up the song? Whatever. Um, and so there's some sort of comfort in doing it all yourself because you can micromanage yourself and not get angry with yourself. Like there's no feelings hurt, no bridges burned if it doesn't turn out well. So there's definitely a comfort in that, but I also find it interesting when you're working with other musicians, whether it's all the time or just occasionally, you learn so much because they bring to a different skill set than you do. So bedroom producers are awesome and they can look at you know what, a YouTube video to figure out something they don't know how to do, but I still think that human interaction is pivotal if you want to ever grow. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so we've kind of talked about thoughts that I had about what might explain what your your musical artistry life is like. And I guess now maybe we, we dip into those venue questions. So, you know, this may seem silly, but I'm curious because when I think about local music, I'm like, oh, it's a bar. Like, that's just the default. And, it you know, that's an economic thing to be able to continue to, to have shows. They've got to have something to sell um, because tickets can't support a building and all this stuff so that ends up being a liquor situation etc cetera, etc cetera. so what kind of places are you all playing and and how do you feel about that maybe I mean I know that I mostly play 21 and over I just recently did a show at the lo-fi which was really exciting because I had performed at the hi-fi with the, like a school band that I had done a few years back but this time it was just by myself with a fellow butler grad I'm from go to school at Butler, but I couldn't get any friends there to sell, and I couldn't sell any tickets because it was 21 and over, and all of my friends are like 19 or 20, because I'm 20, so technically I wasn't even allowed in there. Um, so, so I think that for me, a lot of the times when I'm in those places, like they want to sell tickets, they want to make money, and like I want to make them money, but I can't. And when I'm technically not even legally allowed in there without like a document saying that I can be there only to perform and then leave, it's just kind of hard. The all ages venue, like obviously, you know, festivals and stuff like that, I think that they're really cool. But a lot of times I'll be at like a restaurant and there's a, a bar area and there's like only like a little like bar separating it but I'm in the bar area instead of like in the all ages restaurant performing and so I feel like there's kind of a disconnect there where it's like I perform a lot of like really well-known pop songs and I want the kids to know that and I want to perform for all ages but it's hard because they're not allowed even where I am and I understand that going in but it's just kind of it's frustrating because I'm I want my friends to come to my shows and I want to you know be able to meet new people and perform for you know my generation and younger as well and it's just kind of frustrating when I don't really have that opportunity because like you said like when you think of the music scene it is mostly bars and that's exactly what comes to my mind so yeah so do you think that disconnect between you and the material you're playing and the fans that would enjoy it not being able to go in like you said with the lo-fi lounge your friends couldn't make it in does that ever cause you problems as far as getting more bookings because you know at, on some level, it's like, well, how much money are we making for the venue? Do you think that that factors in or? For me, I think it does just because I always ask like, well, do I have to sell tickets? Because I'm not going to be able to do a whole lot of that because I don't, you know, I can't get any, a lot of people to come. 
I, I don't like it to interfere. I think, you know, I'm kind of used to my friends not being able to come, and I'm only, like, you know, a few months away from all of us being able to go now, so, you know, it doesn't really matter. But, but yeah, I think that there is definitely a disconnect, and, I mean, it doesn't necessarily, like, impact my performance or me wanting to play, but it does impact me wanting to, like, share it because I know already that people won't be able to come. So I think that that's kind of where it falls for me. My, uh, I also feel the sort of disconnect. Mine's the opposite of yours. Uh, I play older songs, so the audience I'm trying to reach is uh, the older crowd, people that grew up with that music. And uh, I, I'm younger than you are, so they definitely won't let me play in the bar area. So I'm always stuck out with, uh, you know, the moms and the families and stuff. You know, they don't they don't want to hear the the blues music. They just kind of tune out. So. Yeah, I, my goal is to reach the people that are in the bar, but I, I can't do that, and that's where the my audience is. And it does kind of suck that I can't, you know, there is a divide there that I have to stay within the confines of my age. It does kind of suck. And you were talking about uh, booking shows. Uh, age definitely does affect that. Some places, uh, they won't book you because you can't bring in beer-drinking crowd. And that happens quite a bit. I was thinking about a time that it was kind of similar to what you were saying, Maria. I was actually helping premiere this rock opera and I couldn't bring any of my friends because all of them were like 18 or 19 at the time. And I remember that was kind of like, oh, this is a bummer because this is such a cool experience and I'd love for all my musical friends to see this. And instead it was kind of a lot of like older students or random strangers from the public. And then once I got to the venue, they wouldn't even let me in. And I wasn't, I was the only performer who wasn't 21 yet. And it was this really embarrassing thing where I had to like call the band who I didn't know super well and be like, hey, can you come let me in? I'm not 21. And it, it was very uncomfortable. And then to see them come and they were like, oh, you're not 21? Like, let's, let me take you less seriously now. And I was like, ugh. And that kind of stuff, and then just how the managers of the area of the venue handled it, it was very uncomfortable. I was very much like, ah, like, I, this is not something that I decided to do again. I had to wear, like, three uh, neon yellow bracelets on each arm. <laughs> I was like, okay, not sticking out here, anybody. But then again, I don't know. I feel like it might be just a little bit more simple for places to open it up to young people than they think. There's a really good place where I play where it's like a it's a winery inside, which is a very very small place. And then the back like outside patio is all ages and it's like very much family oriented. So there are people who can still go get alcohol if that's your shick. And then they can bring it outside and they invite their friends. A lot of teenagers will come, a lot of like really young kids and you can sing Disney songs and like everyone gets super excited. And I really like that format. And I really appreciate how the manager goes about just making it easy to be inclusive to people who aren't 21 yet. And I think, I think that whole process is just so much easier than people actually uh, know or think, but no one ever actually considers how to do that too much. Yeah, it sounds like your experience with the, the rock opera thing was like you were treated like a liability, basically. Exactly. You're somebody's problem, whereas yeah. the winery, they know what the rules are, they managed it, everything was cool, it wasn't a big deal. Mm -hmm. So as a high school student right now, the only way I'm getting booked is by that reputation. So if, you know, we're playing a local restaurant, it's because I'm a Westfield High School student and they think, oh, that'll bring some of the parents who support the high school. Um, or even like we played at the Rich Charles and Carmel today and that was because our band director had set it up. So 
10 days away from graduating and I'm gonna lose that kind of safety net of being able to perform and gig as a student and have to start doing it by myself. And so I think part of my worry is not having, you know, like I don't know the industry now, how do I navigate this? How can I say, well, I'm an ex high school student. I mean, that doesn't <laughs> sound great. So I think it's gonna be interesting here in the next few months trying to figure out how am I gonna go about this? Where can I play? Is, you know, now that I don't have that reputation, am I really as good of a musician as I thought I was? Because you partially based how good you are on how many people show up. And so in some of these venues where you can't bring your friends, well, they automatically say, oh, well, no one likes them. So you get less bookings from that and there's just less opportunity out there. And I think that the all-age venues, I sent you an email after you had reached out like, it's also important to be able to see musicians. So, like, have that connect, have that support. If, if I can't see an adult musician playing really well and I can't connect with them in some way and have them kind of help me through it, then I'm kind of on my own. I don't have that mentor. And I think it's really hard to find a mentor when all of the shows that local artists are performing at are 21 and up, so you can't see them anyways. Yeah, as you were saying that, it, it reminded me of our conversation because, you know, I'm thinking, well, how does, does an artist that's over 21 get gigs? Well, like, I know now there's, like, this whole environment with electronic press kits and you build this thing and you know where to submit it and all this, but how would you find out if you never hung out with someone that's already doing it? Yeah, it's, it's a lot about who you know, and I think at a local level, it shouldn't be that way. It should be more about, oh, well this person's really good, I want them to play here, not, oh, well, this person knows how to get to put together a good press kit, let's hire them because they've got that knowledge. I wanted to follow up on what you said about having music mentors and just not having access to the music that you want to listen to and the people who you want to connect to. I found that, like, maybe 10 of, like, my musical idols have come through the jazz kitchen, and every single time, like, everybody will tell me, like, my colleagues or my friends or my mom, she'll be like, guess who's coming? And I'm like, guess who can't go? And it's, I found that really, really frustrating. It's like an opportunity locally to connect with people who you love and people who might actually want to support you. And you just can't do it. And I don't know, um, maybe, maybe something needs to happen on, like, the upper level of saying like hey we're going to advocate for musicians who aren't 21 yet and by doing that we're going to perform in all ages venues I wish a little bit more of that would happen I'm not quite sure what the solution is but I definitely run into that issue as well yeah it's interesting I think that 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 is a solid idea I, I think this idea that's coming back around in our society of of mentoring people or um I don't want to say internship but you know what I mean like someone who knows can teach someone who doesn't know and that lets you paying it forward kind of thing, you know. I think there's, that's definitely a great idea. I don't know how we do it, but it sounds like a great idea. This, is, this one's out of left field, and I don't know if this will resonate with any of you. What about touring? So I know some of you in high school still, maybe it's not feasible, maybe just thinking about stringing a few shows together. How does that go? What's it like? How does it impact you being underage trying to do that? Anyone have thoughts? If not, it's okay. I can speak to that. So when I was younger, I was, I think, in, like, eighth grade. I did, uh, like, a it was called a Teen Nation tour. And we went to, like, the East Coast-ish, sort of, like, 
Yeah. Um, and we went to like, a, you know, so many different states and we preached about anti-bullying and we all performed and it was in like schools and just like their gyms and it was just like a convocation or whatever. And it was really, it was really, really cool. So that was a really cool way for me as somebody who was very, very young, not even in high school yet, who wanted to be performing, which ironically was probably in a lot of like restaurants or bars at that time. I was able to connect with my age group exactly by going to like different schools and like performing there. Um, So I think that maybe opening it up to that might be kind of cool for like, you know, like the younger generation, but I know that like I did another, as it was kind of like the same thing, but not, it was very, it was a lot smaller, but I did basically like two of those like little tours and that was just, that was really cool. But we didn't go into like any restaurants. We didn't go any like all ages venues. It was all like schools, which I think would have been kind of cool if we would have gone to different restaurants. Cause like, you know, at the same time, like we were all young, but uh, you know, we could have reached so many more people but yeah I think that's an interesting thing that I did was being able to like go to like schools and perform for those age groups and in that kind of venue is really really it was really cool yeah I was gonna say I have not done it before but I've noticed especially when school set it up that it's just a lot more feasible for minors or people under 21 I will say though like most people under 21 hopefully under 18 almost always are in school and I noticed in my first year of college, like, people would be trying to tour, and then they'd have to take, like, weeks off of school, and, like, professors did not like that. So it, as a whole, it seemed like once you were an adult and you were um, over 18, you had to take care of it by yourself. It was just not necessarily feasible anymore. And when you're under 18, like, it's got to be kind of run through a school or through a different program. I still think it's a really good opportunity, but I'm not sure if the, if there are too many opportunities for people under 21 to do that and I think you know as someone who's younger it might be not only easier but better to stay at home and kind of hone your craft so to speak like you can use this time where you are essentially stuck to really be like, oh well, I want to get better so I can do that so making that a goal for later might be a better plan I'm not sure we need to be pushing for that right now. Like there are other issues that are definitely more important and need to be taken care of. And then I think if we build that support system, then it might be cool to open it up to tours like that and have more of those. But I think there are some structural issues we need to figure out first before launching into something that big. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. So so maybe since we're, we're starting to talk about, you know, the, the transition from being in school and you've got some limitations and then getting into, you know, maybe you want to be a professional musician, what's happening, we can start talking about what the future state of local music in Indianapolis could be for folks who are underage. We've kind of hit on a few things here that that could be solutions, if you will, to some of these problems. What else do you all think would be a, a cool way for Indy to be in the future? Like, say five years from now, what would you like to see for people who are underage trying to make music? I would say a lot more support for Girls Rock. (laughs) They're awesome, and I've been volunteering with them for uh, like three or four years now. But I know that we've had some bands from like counselors in training kind of graduate through the program, and Michelle and some other people have done a really good job of advocating for them in the local music scene and saying, hey, you should get a show at Square Cat or Healer, you know, something like that. And I've loved how beautifully like the community has come to embrace these young women and other gender non-conforming youth and I think that 
I just like want to pour more resources into that organization because I think they're doing it really, really well. And the all ages venues that are here notice that and want to support that. Kind of going off what you said earlier, I think just spreading awareness for the amount of like kids our age that are actually making music and trying to make this whether it's like a career or you know just doing it for you know for the fun of it but I think that just having the knowledge and supporting them is like a really good first step so like maybe even like just opening it up a little like opening these you know venues up just a little bit more so that like we can allow these kids to grow because you know like we talked about in the beginning music connects people and it can really resonate with them and it can inspire change and um, I think that kind of doling down the creativity at a young age like that where we aren't able to express ourselves you know or express to other people I think that that's an important part of it whether we want to do it as a career or not so I think just spreading awareness for our generation you know or and you know the younger generation to being able to perform and just letting us like allowing us to share our creativity and allowing us to do what we love to do so sounds kind of like more opportunities basically yeah and i mean just a little bit less restriction i think i mean obviously i think that there's a lot of opportunities but i feel like a lot of places are scared to have people under 21 like we kind of talked about i mean i know that I was at a restaurant yesterday and I got kicked out of the 21 and over and it was kind of crappy. They were like, you know, just, you're gonna have to like wait outside while we get you a new table while the rest of my party was over 21 and I was the only one that had to sit out like in the outside section. So it was like, even though I'm 20 years old, I'm being treated like I'm like 12. Yeah, uh, so when uh, places are booking someone underage, they are pretty, they are pretty scared to book them because it is a risk. I know, and uh, because we can't bring in a crowd as well, that is a thing that needs to happen. We need to, uh, we do need to make it seem like less of a liability to book someone underage because, I mean, there is some truth to it. Like, sometimes I'll go into a restaurant or a cafe and I'll play and there'll be no one in there. I'll be playing to the bartender or the barista. So, um, yeah, definitely. I think they need to open it up and, you know, even if it doesn't work out, at least let us try. Kind of what you were talking about with like the 21, it's interesting in Ohio, if you are under 21, you're allowed to be in a bar. I mean, you can't drink, obviously, but you're allowed to be in a bar. So like I've seen some shows over in Cleveland and been able to talk to, you know, some small artists in Cleveland and really connect with them only because I was allowed into this venue. And I know that's a huge legal change that probably won't come about in Indiana, but definitely something that restaurants should take into consideration when they're planning. You know, am I going to make this all a bar or can I have that family setting as well? Or can I have a patio? Can I have some sort of section that allows me to reach and grab as many musicians as possible, whether they're over 21 or not? I also think that maybe events that are all ages should also hire people who are underage. So, you know, you have some of these outdoor festivals not like this one, but other outdoor festivals that are also scared and they don't even have that liability. They're just scared because they think they're not taking us seriously. They think we'll make a mistake. They think that we'll ruin the festival somehow. You know, we're just teenagers. We're on our phones. What do we want to, you know, we're, we're just rowdy. But in reality, you know, we're trying to get better at what we do. We're trying to make a name for ourselves and we're trying to get better. Um, so I think allowing us opportunities to improve and to prove that, you know, we're just as mature as some of these adults 
would be awesome. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned the Ohio thing. I was in Michigan just like a month ago, and I saw a show there. It was the, the former singer from Sunny Day Real Estate, and it was all ages, but it was in a bar. It was like the grossest bar you've ever seen, but it was in a bar. And it was cool because there were parents who had been into the band Sunny Day Real Estate when they were young, and they brought their kids, and they were able to share it with their kids. And I, like, that was really cool. I mean, it sounds kind of goofy, but, like, you just can't do that here. Yeah. It's, it's not a thing. Well, the show, the show I saw was a birthday gift for my dad. So we went up together, and I was clearly the youngest person there. It was the church, if anyone was wondering. But I was clearly the, the youngest person there, but the, even as, like, a spectator. So I wasn't performing at all. Kind of the outpour of the rest of the community being like, oh, well, we want people to love this band forever. So they loved having someone who is 16, 17 years old listening and learning from that band. And so I think there's support there. We just can't get to that support because of these yeah. barriers. Yeah, it's like the generational yeah. change. I kind of wonder like, if I could talk to the managers and owners of all like the small local venues, because I, I feel like they often look at younger musicians in like a deficit-based way. Um, and I wonder if they just kind of switched that and looked at it in a more acid-based way and said like, huh, maybe if I like made it dry for a day or I, d I don't know how that works. Or like if I could figure out a way that, you know, we could have a lot of people in here. What about the business that like, like we could all bring? Like what about the business like that would happen if you said, okay, you know, one day a week we're going to do this and we're going to offer this and it's going to be specifically for this demographic of young people. And like it all of a sudden becomes this really cool place where all ages musicians can hang out and support each other. And then as soon as they turn 21, they'll just go and buy drinks. Like I think that would be a, like a great business idea, but I don't feel like people are even kind of thinking about accommodating us or using our assets in that way. Or even, like, just changing the times. So, like, yeah. maybe up until, like, 10 or 11 o'clock, you know, you can have people of all ages because I know that I don't really perform past that time anyway. And then after it hits a certain time, have it be 21 and over because I could bring so many people. Like, a lot of my friends want to come. So I think I really liked that point, making it an asset, just because, like, there's so much money to be made, especially if you sell tickets or, like, people come and buy food because, like, everybody's always hungry. I, mean, I know I am. My friends are. <laughs> so, like, we'll buy food. But, yeah, I definitely think thinking more along that line will help not only us but, like, also the small businesses because, like, we want to help them, you know? So I, I think that's all the questions I have prepared. If there's anything any of you would like to, to have as closing remark, um, I'm, I'm happy to open up the floor. Anyone have any thoughts? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you all. Um, I appreciate you being here. This, this, again, is really a bit awesome. It's good to hear a perspective that we don't get a lot, and I think it's, it's a perspective that's not the standard one. So it's really important to, to get your voices out. This has been awesome. Thank you all very much. Thank, Thank you. I appreciate Thank it. You. Places double-tied, there's something in my eye Not a tear, not a tear, kick the stump out the door, breathe the air This is the last time I never thought it'd fly by All this fast and I'm still running 22 flat Oh, 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 oh.